Star Wars 7x7 episode 1319 today. Lando Calrissian and other scoundrels from Solo, a Star Wars story, including the answer to Michael K. Williams' character and who he was and who he's been replaced by. Punch it, Chewie. Hi, this is Mike and Joe from the Cantina Cast. And you're listening to Star Wars 7x7, the only daily Star Wars podcast. Hey, Rebel Rouser. Welcome to Star Wars 7x7. I'm your host, Alan Voivod, and this is continuing a series of looks at the cover story in Entertainment Weekly on Solo, a Star Wars story, and all of the different articles that Anthony Bresdikin has filed on the subject, expanding upon what appears in the magazine with the stuff that he's posting at Entertainment Weekly's website. Now, I am going to get to Lando in due course, but the first person I want to address is the character of Dryden Voss, and there are a couple of reasons why this character is rather remarkable. First of all, because this character was the lone acting casualty to our knowledge of the movie. This is the character that Michael K. Williams was supposed to play and he had to step out because of the scheduling for the reshoots for when Ron Howard came on board and Paul Bettany is the guy who came in to play the character of Dryden Voss. Now, the name Voss may be familiar to some Star Wars fans. That is the same last name as a character named Quinlan Voss who was a cowboy Jedi if there ever was one and certainly one before Kanan Jarrus was ever a cowboy Jedi. And he is the character who figured most prominently in the novel Dark Disciple about Asajj Ventress that came out a while back. He was also seen very briefly in Mos Espa as the camera was panning around when Qui-Gon and Padme and R2 and Jar Jar were walking around in the marketplace and Jar Jar was busy stealing things from various food vendors. And he also appeared in the Clone Wars cartoon series a bit as well. But as it turns out, the last name Voss is just a coincidence. According to the article in Entertainment Weekly's website, this is an utter and complete coincidence. They are not related whatsoever. Anyway, Dryden Voss is our godfather for the movie. He is the guy behind the scenes, pulling the strings, not getting his hands dirty. He is that level of crime boss in the movie. Although, you know, they do kind of give the implication that maybe crime bosses, like maybe it's not necessarily that organized. And I think it is to some degree. I mean, Jabba the Hutt is certainly a crime boss over some things, certainly. And he probably has his territories and whatnot. But Dryden Voss is apparently a, you know, a big crime guy, but not necessarily a crime lord in the way that you and I would normally think about it. According to John Kasdan, who co-wrote the movie, he says there's no hierarchy in the whole crime scene. He says there are some that are in power and there are some that are scrambling to stay alive. And Voss seems to be one of those ones that are in power. And then there's Woody Harrelson's character. That would be Tobias Beckett, who is putting together a crew. And apparently, according to the article... Han forces himself into Beckett's life, basically. I guess he's trying to move up on the ladder of crime and smuggling and general scoundreldom. And even though Woody Harrelson's character could just off him or kick him to the curb, apparently he's got a bit of humanity of his own and doesn't necessarily do that. Maybe he recognizes something in Han that he had in his younger days. Maybe it's something that he recognizes Han doesn't have that eventually Tobias Beckett developed himself and he 
sees that same commonality. And for Ron Howard's part, he says that Beckett actually shapes Han more than anybody as Han comes to realize that in a lawless time, he needs to try to come to terms with some kind of moral code. And I guess it's not necessarily a lawless time per se, because the Empire is certainly involved and that's the law if ever there was one. But he's probably also hanging around a lot of places where the Empire just hasn't worked their influence or you know, they've allowed other crime organizations, whether it's the Huts or Black Sun or Crimora or any of those folks to operate. You know, that's the sort of lawless space in which Han is having to find himself, not just where he finds himself, not location wise, not event wise, but actually how he discovers who he is going to be in this whole world. All right, I'm going to take a quick break and then we're going to talk Lando. Stay tuned. Hey Rebel Rouser, no sponsor on this episode today, so I just have a favor to ask instead. If you haven't done so already, please consider leaving a review for Star Wars 7x7 on your favorite podcast app. Not just a star rating, although I will say we are personally very proud of our near-unanimous five-star rating on iTunes. No, I just mean a thoughtful sentence or two about what you like about the podcast, or how happy you are that it's part of your daily routine. And more reviews means better visibility, which means more people get to share in a daily dose of Star Wars joy, and you want that, don't you? Of course you do, so please leave a review on your favorite podcast app today. I thank you, and the Star Wars 7x7 podcast thanks you. Welcome back. So you may recall from the other day when we were talking about how Harrison Ford and Alden Ehrenreich met and Harrison gave him advice about the character but said, just tell people that I told you everything you needed to know and that you're not supposed to talk about it, right? <laughs> so he was trying to keep it hush-hush. But apparently Billy D. Williams does not operate that same way. Not surprised about that. <laughs> and so Donald Glover actually shared the advice that Billy D gave him in talking about Lando. He said, Donald Glover did, that he had a ton of questions and they went really well. And ultimately, what Billy D's advice boiled down to was just be charming and also be interested in things. And I think that's actually really good advice for life in general. Just be interested in things. Just, you know, look around you and be curious about the things that are around you. And so that is something that sort of explains Lando's tastes. They may be eccentric or eclectic, depending on how you want to frame it. But that, I think, is a great way to sum up not only Lando's character, but also a really good life philosophy. And as far as the issue of the character of Lando being the first major black character to appear in a Star Wars movie, they talked about that, too, and about how important it was for the character to be developed as a real person, as an individual, and not as a representative of an entire group. And so the Lando that we're going to meet in Solo, A Star Wars Story, is a guy who's hustling a bit more, it sounds like, than the Lando that we meet in Empire, because he doesn't have to hustle so much anymore. He's achieved the level of success that he was striving for, even though he didn't necessarily know by the time of Solo, A Star Wars Story, that the end game of where he would be about <laughs> 15 years later or so is as the administrator of Cloud City. And he seems to want to portray an aura of success because it's going to be easier for him to get what he wants, whether that's legitimate or nefarious. But the way that he describes it in the article, in the interview, it seems like Lando is already in some sort of position of power to begin with because 
Donald Glover talks about how Lando likes knowing his way in and out of any situation and likes knowing the rules of things because that way he can use them to his advantage, that he looks for loopholes and that sort of thing. And that's in direct contrast to Han's character, who he says is more of a rule breaker, is somebody who is basically outside the system and looking to see what he can get away with. So very similar in one sense and very different in another. And he also likes to keep a very tidy house, <laughs> Lando does, which is why the Millennium Falcon is as nice as it is when we see it in Solo, a Star Wars story. And it's so nice, in fact, that he said that he could have gone back to his trailer in between shoots and he just went to Lando's room on the Falcon because it was just that comfortable, which I thought was really funny. All right, that is going to do it for today's podcast. Thank you so much, as always, for listening, and may the Force be with you wherever in the world you may be. Thanks for listening to another episode of Star Wars 7x7. And hey, before you take a blind shot at a Sarlacc tentacle, check out SW7x7.com for show notes, links, photos, videos, and more. And if you want to join the inner circle of fans, become a patron of the show at patreon.com SW7x7. It's not a little higher, it's Destiny Unleashed. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2018, Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.